Hello, and welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Today we have Dr. Danica Thornberry. We are so excited to have you here. Thank you for being on the podcast. Oh, it's an honor. I'm excited to be here. For our listeners who don't know you, can you tell them who you are, where you live, and what you do? Sure. So I'm an acupuncturist and I'm specializing in infertility. I've done that for about 20 years. I have an acupuncture clinic called Well Women Acupuncture that's in Brentwood. And I have an online fertility program called seedfertility.com where I take my messages and practice from inside the treatment room and make it as available as possible to women everywhere that are looking for help with transforming the fertility journey to motherhood. I love that. And that is so timely for our listeners who are mostly moms and moms to be so, and, and trying to be called moms, I guess we should say, or maybe becoming moms a second time. Yes. Or becoming a second time. That's a great point. Danica, tell us how you got into this. Um, you know, what from your own story brought you here? Well, definitely an urging into holistic health was how I became an acupuncturist. I had some chronic health conditions like fibromyalgia and endometriosis, things that mess, like modern medicine can't really help much um, besides medicine and surgery. So I found holistic to be very helpful. I'm quite sensitive. And that was the way to see pain relief. And it kind of led me to personal discovery. And I learned how to use diet and lifestyle to change my health. And that was incredibly empowering. So from there, I said, I'm going to open my own clinic and call it Well Women, because that's part of my vision, helping women become well, or at least know that it's possible instead of just taking pills and having surgeries. So it was a personal journey. That is amazing. And I understand that you were told you may never be able to conceive. Mm -hmm. When I was only 31, I had a patient in front of me who was infertile and I was listening to her signs and symptoms thinking, oh my gosh, I have those same symptoms. So I sent myself in for some lab work to test my ovarian function, came back that I was significantly less fertile than my patients. And I started on the track and I thought that some of my friends who were fertility doctors would have a secret sauce and for friends, they would get a special treatment. Oh no, they were just blown away that I was only 31 and I had so few eggs. That was like 20 years ago. So back in the day um, when that happened, they didn't have anything to offer. So I had to figure it out myself. So I was told I wouldn't be able to have kids, that I didn't have very many eggs, and I had severe endo. So I took that information and I asked myself, well, do I really believe that? Do I want to give my energy to those negative thoughts? Or can I believe that maybe there's a a path that I need to explore? And through acupuncture, I started with like herbs 
And then I started peeling the layers of different stresses that I had. And I started making some course corrections and I started seeing my fertility change. And over five years, now I wasn't actively trying to conceive when I was told I wasn't fertile, but five years later, my fertility improved and I got pregnant the first time naturally with one attempt. That is really amazing. So it was through your patience that you had the inkling that you might not be as fertile as hoped. And then doctors really confirmed that for you. Exactly. Yes. And then by helping my patients become more fertile or by helping myself become more fertile, I helped my patients have more babies. Full circle. That is amazing. So what would the title of your mom manual be? Well, it would definitely be how I transformed a diagnosis of infertility into motherhood and then helped thousands of other women become moms, you know, through, yeah, through personal empowerment. I absolutely love this. And Danica and I were talking before the podcast and I said, I have not had any infertility. So this is not an area that I'm super familiar with, but is it one out of four women? Is that the right stat? Well, they were saying it was one out of eight, but that was years ago. And then it went to one out of six and one in five. And I don't know if it's just here in Los Angeles, it's particularly even more because we're such a busy group of women, but definitely in the, the more populated cities, I think the infertility rate is going up. So this is something that, you know, even if it's not maybe affecting you, that maybe you have a sister or a friend or a neighbor colleague. So I I think it's so important to really understand that, that this is not an uncommon thing. It's pretty common for people um, to have infertility and struggles. So what would you say would be the first kind of lesson or tip that you would want to share with listeners who are going through this journey? Well, I urge all women, but particularly if they're struggling with fertility to quote, go spiritual (laughs) because that usually gets some reaction or eye rolling, like, or or more like, Ooh, I don't know if I can do that, but I try to offer it in a way that's like, you know, it means reconciling some old emotions or Mm -hmm. finding that fertile confidence again, by comparing to other areas in your life where you do feel confident or looking where you could maybe forgive someone or do a little personal discovery, things like that. I don't want to um, pretend to be a therapist, right? but just this idea that it is okay to look at it like it's a spiritual challenge because it's something that seems to take control over women's lives. So to help them get their power back is really what I think I'm here to do. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think sometimes people confuse the word spiritual with religious. So when you say spiritual, it's less about praying to a God you believe in. And it's more about looking for your own power. Is is that exactly that? Yes. Looking within and asking some questions and then getting quiet and listening for the answer and then following up on it. You know, those nagging thoughts. Because remember, in the acupuncture clinic, I'm listening to women talking all the time. And then I just mirror back to them and they pick up, oh, right. I didn't realize that I was comparing myself to my girlfriends. And and then what does that mean? Do you really think that you're inadequate on some level? Or could you see where your life is what you want versus what she has? Something like that. Very interesting. 
I absolutely love that. Growing up, we had a quote on my refrigerator and it said, if you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. And so that is something I have lived my life by. I never thought about it in the context of if I think I'm fertile, I will be fertile. So is that, is that right? That, that- it's that exact thing. I yes. And I heard the laundry list of all the things that were wrong with me. I went back to that same thought and I thought, well, but what do I think? Do I think there's all these things wrong with me? And I thought, well, I know where I could improve. Why don't I just start there? Yeah. You know? And and doing that um, personal discovery made me feel better about myself. There is another saying of something like, well, when I um, have a baby, I'll get happy. But it's actually when you become happy with your life, then you become a mom or you have that baby. It's the bonus. I think so, this is one thing that we hear pretty common is um, people will be doing IVF and or, or IUI and, um, you know, have failed rounds. And it's the time when they're like, okay, I'm done. I'm going to just take a break. And that's when they get pregnant. So mm-hmm. it's totally like, it's not, you will be happy when, if you are happy now, you will be. I love that. Um, okay, Denica. So what would you say would be kind of the second lesson or tip? Well, I help a lot of women regulate their cycle. I help educate them about the different phases of their menstrual cycle so that it's um, clear that when they're bleeding, they're not going to feel fertile. But when they're approaching ovulation, their estrogen is rising. They're going to feel sexier or more um, confident, Mm. right? So that's normal. And after ovulation or after an IVF embryo transfer, they're going to feel vulnerable. So giving them the knowledge of that gives them permission to feel vulnerable. And then the the final phase of the month while they're waiting for a pregnancy test or they're dealing with PMS, the mindset is all or nothing. I'm a failure or I'm a complete success. And when I teach them that, then they realize, well, I'm just like every other woman, they all think like that. And it's very true. And then that predictability creates more calm. So whether trying to get pregnant or she's a mom, Mm -hmm. she might notice, oh, every month I do fall into a pattern where I don't feel like I'm acting like my best self. And it is predictable. Okay. That is really, really interesting. I I think I heard, um, it might've been a podcast, but somebody that was actually correlating like each week of the month, like you just mentioned, a certain part of your personality is more prominent, I guess you should say. And um, it was talking about how like, there should be times where you're more creative and then you're more analytical. Like, can can you speak to that a little bit more and how those connect? Sure. Um, It has to do with the estrogen and where the estrogen is in the month. So that first week when she's bleeding, all of her estrogen and her progesterone are bottomed out. And so she's going to feel, she might feel relieved because she's now had a period and she's had a flow because PMS can be such an intense time. So there can be that. But if she's trying to conceive, then she's bottomed out and her serotonin is low. And so she's feeling very infertile or kind of hopeless or emptied. So that's, that's the estrogen component. The progesterone after ovulation will make women feel kind of bloaty and tired and swollen. And that's just a time where she's going to be more introverted. 
And both of those hormones intermingling in the PMS window, she's going to feel kind of emotive <laughs> or irritable. The creativity peaks near ovulation, and that mimics the you know, the egg being the most receptive to getting fertilized. So I teach women about feminine being creative energy and masculine being more active, like a, like sperm versus egg. Yeah. So those kinds of metaphors really help women. This is, I'm like taking all these notes. This is so <laughs> interesting. And I, as you're speaking, I'm thinking, I'm not sure if either I'm totally out of touch with my body, or I've just never paid attention to this because you're, what you're describing, I can relate to, but I couldn't tell you, we, we are done having children. So I am not tracking my ovulation. I'm not tracking anything. It's like, it's here. It's not whatever. Um, but, but we are completely done. The shop is closed for my husband. That's probably too much information. Um, so I don't even really know, like I couldn't say, you know, it's, it's one week or whatever, but I think beyond the patient, I mean, this could empower any woman. If you really know, like what is happening each week, and then you can, you know, maybe there's a big event or something that you probably don't want to put like a, I can control my schedule because this is, I'm the founder of this company. So maybe I don't want to put a company retreat on the week that I'm not feeling inspired or most creative. I mean, this is super, this is great information to have that we should all know about ourselves. Exactly. And you know what else, if we have teenage daughters, Ooh, that's a good one. Educating young girls so that they know this is a predictable flow and your mood is going to change as a result of where you are in your cycle. That is really great. My girls are seven and eight, so still young, but I can already see that kind of sassy teenager, a mm-hmm. um, little bit of attitude coming through from them. And one of my daughters is very, I don't know if we want to say the word spirited or emotional or reactive, but we have been reading this really cute American girl doll book. And it talks about, it says um, like regulating me, I think it's called. And it's just talking about like, this is an emotion where I feel happy. I feel sad. So for her in particular, having this knowledge would be really, really important. So I love that with, with our, our girls and our teenagers. Thank you. for yeah, Even with my female friends, when I'm hearing some of their complaints, if they get stuck in a rut or they're making certain decisions, I will say, where are you in your cycle? Oh <laughs> so your friends must either love being friends with you or hate being yeah. friends with you because you know too much. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's awesome. Okay. What would you say would be that third lesson? It would be this, um, this awareness of fertility education or women's education about when we know ourselves, we can affect change. We can create change for ourselves when we are informed and empowered. It gives us a sense of control. And I think right now, women in general, moms in particular, everything feels out of control, right? So the more that we know, yeah, you know what? I'm going to give myself permission to think about myself for a few minutes to think, where am I in my cycle? Or, oh, I give myself permission to be a little bit more spiritual and easier on myself or something like that, that kind of permission. That's one way that I flow through motherhood because moms make a lot of mistakes. And so I, or at least they think they do, and then they feel guilty about it. Right. So 
I'm always looking for ways that I can forgive myself or forgive my kids for making me impatient or having me feel like they made me impatient. So I guess what I'm saying is just giving ourselves a little break. And so, right, it's not religious, but it's being spiritual and just kind of loving to the self. No, and I think is you nailed it on the head with these three kind of lessons and tips, but it beyond, this is almost for everything with women, right? I mean, this is people in your practice, but when I think of teenage daughters, ourselves, myself in business, I mean, these are really great tips, regardless of where you are in your fertility journey. And as you're talking, I was really curious, um, Danica, and I'm not sure if you're able to share this, but what is the range of women you see? Is it like mostly younger, middle-aged, older? Like, what does that look like for your, your practice and who you see? I mostly see women who are like 32 to 50, but then I have my women in menopause who I love more than anything because unlike fertility treatments that take a while to resolve and we have to really go spiritual and help them stay in faith that it's going to work. Herbs and acupuncture and diet and lifestyle works immediately for women in perimenopause and menopause who are having like hot flashing or trouble sleeping or anxiety. So I love my 50 plus crowd but I generally see 32 to 45. And you mentioned second time moms a lot as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The women who are trying for the second kid, it may be kind of hard because the first one kind of depletes them. Is that, is that a thing? Or- yeah. It's called secondary infertility. And it means where the first one was conceived easily, but then having trouble conceiving the second. So it could be maybe she's older, or it could be that something's happened to go awry with her thyroid and it's not as strong as it was when she conceived the first one. And, um, or maybe nutritionally speaking, her diets changed to be goldfish crackers and chicken nuggets or something. So I help her get back on track and uh, like nutritionally and get her strength back, help her to get enough sleep, those kinds of things to fill the tank again. And again, like I keep saying, every woman needs this. Like I, I need to come see you. I'm not trying to have a baby, but just to like get fill my the tank. Yeah, yeah, fill the tank. I love that. Um, get myself back in balance. And would you say that this is in conjunction with Western medicine or you are a non-medicine approach? I am a true integrative practitioner. It's East and West blended together. I had an endometriosis surgery twice. And I think that that plus my ability to go spiritual combined to make my two effortless pregnancies happen despite five years of being told I was infertile. And do you see, this is, this is just some personal questions I have, but when you talk about that secondary infertility, is that typically when someone has a baby and then they wait several years and then they try to get pregnant again, or can it be even if they're trying in that year and a half, two years later? Mm -hmm. It can happen right away. And it could be something like maybe she had a traumatizing delivery and then something's got her scared on a subconscious level. And so she's not ovulating properly because she's afraid of doing the birthing aspect of pregnancy, or it could be um, she nursed for too long and depleted her blood through making breast milk and got 
depleted that way. Um, It could be that um, she's very obsessive about the routine and being everything for her firstborn. So she doesn't perceive that there's the bandwidth to make a second baby. There are several different things going on. When a woman conceives the first time, she's got the leisure of taking naps and being pampered. When she's getting ready to have the second one, it's like, wait a minute, did I get a chance to brush my teeth today? Yeah. (laughs) So different. For me, and and this is a good thing that my son was last, but um, my first three kids slept really great. And my last son did not sleep for six months. Thus, Dreamline Baby, the company. But I could totally see if he was my first being very gung shy about getting pregnant again because it was it was traumatizing six months where I was truly at my worst every single day because I wasn't sleeping. Yeah. So I could I could see this. And before I let you go, we have our fun little fire round. So don't get nervous on this. It's just a couple questions. Um, <laughs> Okay, so who is your role model and why? You'll laugh, but right now my role model is Beyonce. I love that. Why? (laughs) Yeah, she's uh, such a superstar, mom of three, and crushing it on all levels. I just love her so much. I love her music. It always peps me up. And just knowing how empowered she is, she makes me feel empowered. Beyonce is the queen. I think she's everybody's. She is. Um, What does me time look like to you? Me time looks like quiet time. If I have space around me and it's quiet and I can hear myself think, (laughs) then that is me time. (laughs) That's any mom I think can agree with that. Um, What is your favorite book or quote? Hmm. Something that inspires you. Yeah. So something that inspires me right now, I use this a lot, is it's a modification of a Carolyn Mace. She's a spiritual medical intuitive. But once she said something like, if all roads are leading to, and then you fill in the blank, so like motherhood or whatever it is that you're wanting, all roads will lead you there. Keep the faith. So that's a running mantra for me that's kind of telling me there's no accidents, there's no, no mistakes, there's no delays. All roads are leading me in the direction that I'm heading and that it's going to be something that I like or making me happy and it helps me keep the faith. I, that is so true. And if I look at back onto my life, I'm like, everything has led me to this moment. Mm-hmm. I think most people can say that. I love that. Okay, last one. What are you watching on TV right now? Mm, what am I watching? Last night we watched um, Black Widow. My kids are really into the Marvel franchise right now. And okay. we went to Disney last week with the uh, Avengers campus. Oh, so you're just very much in the superheroes moment. <laughs> I love that. Okay. That's, I'll have to see. I bet my boys would be into that. Wow. Yeah. This was so so informative, Dr. Thornberry. So helpful. I know the listeners are going to love this and want to find more about where you are. Can you tell them um, where they can find you if they want to connect with you on social media or your website? Sure. So my Instagram account is Dr. Danica Thornberry and the website 
Um, I've got a couple websites. My acupuncture clinic is wellwomenacupuncture.com. And then the online fertility program is simply seedfertility.com. Okay. And um, then I've also got danicathornberry.com. So various different ways of getting in touch with me. <laughs> he says, and you did put, give us a special offer. Will you share that? Yes. So if any moms listening or anybody who knows someone who's trying to get pregnant, who you think might be interested in doing the online fertility program, we'd be happy for her to save 25%. The program's normally $400. So they get a hundred dollars off. Promo code is simply mom manual in all caps. Awesome. I love that. Well, Danica, thank you so much for your time and sharing. And we will have all this information in the show notes with that promo code and all the places you can find her. Thank you again for joining me today. You are welcome. Thank you so much. And thank you to your audience. I hope they enjoyed and got a lot from this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely.